for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the program. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Thank you once again for tuning into the program. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the show. You can give us a call on our Legal Zoom self-help hotline 323-203-0815-323-203-0815. And besides being brought to you by Amazon.com, which you can access by going to SeanTGreen.com and clicking the Amazon link, so Amazon knows that I'm uh, helping to support their. <laughs> Megalomaniac Retail Empire. You can also you can also get a uh, special green room discount at LegalZoom.com. You know, Logan, they say doing it yourself that's the best feeling, and I know I know you don't want to pay a lot of money when you protect yourself, whether it's your ideas, your family, your rights. You can do it all very simply at LegalZoom.com. All you do, you know, let's say you're a dull guy, not personality-wise. You're just not bright. You don't you don't understand a lot. You don't you can't. Oh, I'm overwhelmed by paperwork. It's, or even if you're a really smart guy. Who's really busy? Both people can use legal. Or if legal you're street Zoom. smart, right? But but maybe hey, you're street smart, but not intellectual property smart. Then you log <laughs> on to legalzoom.com, you uh you access the trademarks, patents, copyrights, wills, uncontested divorces, whatever you need, they got it. Except actual legal criminal, they're not in a law firm. Just to make that clear. Or I'm, criminal stuff, right? Right, exactly. So if you <laughs> murder your wife. We can't, we can't help you. We will out not file the paperwork for Yes, that. do not try to, if you uh, accidentally murder your wife like O.J. Simpson, you can't get the green room discount. Green room discount does not apply to first degree homicide on your wife or a waiter. Well, enough waiting around. My left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks again for being on the program. Dagashin to you. <laughs> you know, it is. It's every, every show I look forward to. It. What's Logan's intro going to be? What's he going to come back with? And I'm always happy. I'm always enjoying it. Logan, uh, before we get to our guest here in a second, we'll uh, bring it up. We were hanging out. We were partying on the weekend. We were, we were hanging out Saturday, and uh, we, we had a good time. We, we don't need to necessarily get into the specifics of what the good time was was about, but, you know, we were hanging out, getting kind of uh, wasted as it is, and uh, I was there hanging out and, you know, goofing around with the party, and I woke up the next morning, and my I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm hungover. And besides that, my arm is really sore. And then I had to think back, oh, my God, what was I doing Saturday night? And what I was doing was... You were rocking was, it. You were the, the party animal, the <laughs> king of the party. Go got, re- got really wasted, and we were sitting in this girl's backyard in L.A. It's it's a real nice area. It's kind of a, you know kind of like a jungly theme, a very overgrown vegetation. We had some tunes going, and I was sitting down, and I guess the way the light was shining down, I could make a shadow puppet. And instead of just making one shadow puppet and moving on, instead I did a 15-minute interpretive dance using only my hands. And uh, I 
It could have been several hours. Yes. It could have been like an hour and a half or something. But my arms are sore. I got two standing ovations. And as an entertainer, as a guy trying to do stand-up in this talk radio show, when I kill it doing hand puppets for 20 minutes, I'm like, why do I even try and show business? Why why not give the people what they want? And that was hand puppets on that Saturday evening. Master of the visual and audio arts. Brought it all. Well, Logan, I know what the people actually want. (laughs) They want the man, the myth, the legend, Ed Greer. Ed, thanks for coming on the program, man. Hey, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Thanks again for coming on. Ed's a... uh, You asked me that earlier. (laughs) I told you I was fine. Yeah, stop stop wasting Logan's valuable time. (laughs) I know he's got insights to drop, so... Well, uh, let's see. You're a very funny stand-up comedian. You've been on the show before. I think the last time we had you on, we were talking... NBA playoffs. I think it was right in. Uh, I'm trying to remember what point in the NBA playoffs it was. It was towards the finals. Towards the finals, and uh, th- this was already after LeBron James had gotten knocked out. He had kind of given up on the team, and since then we've went through the whole thing. We went through uh, decision in Miami or decision in Connecticut. First <laughs> off, what was your take on that whole on uh, that whole debacle? I'm in the camp of the people who think that, uh, of course, he could have done it in a classier fashion. Of course, I mean, I would have, you know, you could just, oh, hey, Boys and Girls Club, here's half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to do a TV special. I give you half a million dollars. Oh, and by the way, going to Miami, peace. You know? Right. It, it, it's weird. In a way, it was almost insulting, like, oh, my God, we're so naive. We don't understand any sort of media propaganda or anything. But like th- they, they were, But that's the thing. They said that he did the same thing. If you read the articles, he did the same thing in high school. You know, he, he, he was supposed to go somewhere. He decided to go somewhere Right. Else he was to supposed to go ribs. to the, uh, the public school, and then he ended up going to this private school, super white private school, because I guess one of his friends couldn't make the public school team or there was a problem with the coach or something. So instead, he left this public school, which had a good program, I guess, and went to this private school program where he ended up playing with his friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always been that sort of dude. So the, to have to have people be outraged right now, it's just like, do you read papers? Do you, <laughs> do you have the research? Google will prove, you know, anybody to be who they really are over time. Right. I think what I think what pissed people off. I mean, well, besides if you're in Cleveland and you have nothing going for you and you're holding on to just this this one diamond in the rough, LeBron James, we're not gonna let you leave the state. You're yeah. gonna stay here and work the rest of your entire life. I think what people kind of got angry at is coming up to high school, even early on in the pros, he was presented as the next Michael Jordan. This guy's gonna be the next Michael Jordan. He's an oh this you're looking at him. And he actually had the physical ability. He actually had the the basketball ability. I don't, but I think what people overlooked was he never had that killer gene that M- Michael Jordan had, and he also didn't have um, he he didn't have a Pippen or he didn't have the supporting cast. Obviously. Well, I mean, the the thing is, those are two really really salient points. The first thing is the whole jazz about him being the next Michael Jordan. I really don't think that's his fault. Think, right, no, think, it's not his yeah, fault. I think just people were him. frustrated. Yeah. They wanted to say, oh, yeah. I, I saw LeBron James. You know, and, and it, at, it's almost like the people who would be like, okay, uh, Sean Kemp was supposed to be the next Moses Malone. No, he wasn't. Right. No, he wasn't. And he kind of he kind of buys into it himself. He calls himself the king. He he promotes himself as witness. People don't brag about witnessing Scottie Pippen. He yeah. was a great player, yeah. t- maybe top 50 of all time. But people don't want to say, oh, I witnessed Scottie Pippen. People want to look back and tell their kids, I witnessed Michael Jordan. So yeah. then when you're presenting yourself like that, and whatever, why why wouldn't he present himself as a great basketball player? 
I, I, you know, I, I think it's also just one of those things where basically, as you're saying, they're trying to build a business around them. You can't build a business around a Pippin, even if you see one. Right. That, that's the thing. If, if the league and everybody sees a mega Pippin, they, they go, oh, shit, man, we can't sell this. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, you know so, so they decide to go, oh, man, well, I know what we can sell. Next, Michael Jordan. He wears right. 23. And he he's like, bigger. Da, 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 you know. He can dunk. But that doesn't make it so. That's that's the, that's the funny thing. It's like that scene in, in uh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie or something where the guy goes, uh, you can beat on this guy all day. He'll tell you he started the Chicago Fire. That'll make it <laughs> fucking so. Exactly. You can put a bunch of witness suits on anybody. You can make a big billboard. They had billboards of Jawan Howard. Right. You know what I'm saying? Put it in perspective. They had billboards. <laughs> Penny Hardaway. Fucking Penny Hardaway. Alonzo Mourning, who was a great defensive player. Uh, you know, billboard got so the fuck. Larry Johnson, Grandmama. Yep. They need to market dudes all the time. So if you have that superior skill set, the bottom line is he's in a position right now to do what he's supposed to do. Quick first step and get it to somebody else or dunk it. Right. That's he it. Does, That's his he job. Doesn't, he doesn't want to be the man, and he's okay with not being the man. But I think as the average fan, we want him to want to be the man, but that's never been his game. That's never really but, been his style. Well, that goes all the way back to the, uh, the the whole supporting cast jazz, though, and him never having a Pippen. The thing is, man, uh, he didn't ever have a player of that caliber uh, as a sidekick. Never, ever, 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 ever. Dusty-ass old Shaq. Jamario Moon, you know, <laughs> Delonte what I'm West, uh, the 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 tremendous vanishing Anton Jameson. I've probably said this before, but I just I just hate that they are even comparing that when you like everybody is talking about who's actually got the information. All the old championship teams were stacked as fuck. Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, right? He uh, needed that know, second DJ. guy. He didn't you know get that guy. But but look at look at the other the other guy, DJ. You know, the, a guy as reliable as DJ, a guy like Kevin McHale, a guy like Robert Parrish. He didn't have that. He didn't no. have that ever. But I do. I I I'm really enjoying kind of the fallout as far as. Uh, well, first off, Dan Gilbert, the owner for the Cleveland Cavs, as soon as it goes down, he goes up. He puts a just totally blasting LeBron, calling him out for lack of heart and and everything. And then now LeBron, a couple months later, he uh, this was in the LeBron interview in a GQ magazine. He said that uh, he basically. Um, he goes, my mother always told me, you will see the light of people when they hit adversity. You'll get a good sense of their character. Me and my family have seen the character of that man. And he doubts that uh, Dan Gilbert ever cared about him. Like, why, why do we care? It's just so weird that, of course he didn't care about you as yeah. a person. It's a business thing. Did you care about Dan Gilbert? You him money. No. Yeah. It's no. a, you, do you want your boss to care about you personally? That's kind of weird, I think. Yeah. No, to I, I think the that... point. The only thing I don't want to defend that line of thinking because you're right, absolutely. But the, I think the thing they're trying to say is, don't be firing me off no no punk ass Comic Sans letter. <laughs> yeah, that was. You know what I'm saying? Don't send me no punk ass Comic Sans letter ranting about how I'm disloyal <laughs> if you never gave a shit about me. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's the sort of thing. You know, it's like don't be doing that. Send a nice terse thing going. Well, we've ended our business relationship. I do believe he quit. Thank you very much. Or something like you know, yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, more classy. Dan Gilbert, definitely unprofessional. I think what he did there was he took the seat of the fan. He took yeah. all the venom that the fans had, and he decided, okay, we need a villain. We need something to rally around. That was a great We need something. Decision. Yeah, that was a great decision in the fact that it got them something to look forward to next year. He said, we're going to win a championship before the Heat does. Obviously, that's just him talking out his ass, but that's also just trying to rally around what diehard fans are left. You're getting in the mind of the fan. You're saying, hey, fans, I know you're crazy. I know you're psycho, but don't worry. We're going to get them. That's what they need to hear. Yeah. Well, the thing, a, a, a big part that people are, are just missing about this whole sports jazz 
is it's not about contracts and all that bull crap. It's right now this is gladiator shit. Bull crap and then shit. Uh, This is gladiator stuff, man. This is gladiator stuff. The Cleveland people want to have a tribe to to support the people in Dallas, the people in here, the people over there. It's tribal. It's real tribal. And if somebody leaves your tribe to go help another tribe come back and kill you, which is how they (laughs) think of it. Well, right. We need to have that sense of battle. Back in the day, yeah, we were really thrown down. We got our spears. We got our shields. We went out and we killed people. We got that testosterone out. Now it's different. Mm. We're, we're kind of civilized as a group of people. So instead of uh, chucking a spear at someone or killing them with a lance, I throw a beer bottle at the television <laughs> because the Eagles lose to the Cowboys two games in a row. It's a, it's a different – it's a different anger, and you take it out in different ways. But the anger and that testosterone that want that that want to uh, conquer other people that's still there, and we're just living vicariously through our sports heroes. Yeah, well, it's pretty funny that all that uh, spirit checking and conquering is happening with a bunch of Negroes now. <laughs> I heard all well, that, Sean. No, well, well, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Well, that's it's, a, it's uh, funny. It, it it really is funny the tribalism of it, and people don't understand the tribal aspect of it. But it, and getting to your point, probably the Akron thing. He comes from freaking Akron, not Cleveland. Right. So that was another thing try. the article hit on was that he came from Akron. He didn't really come from Cleveland. So Clevelanders kind of looked down on, oh, you're the small town Akron boys. And he was never a Cleveland fan. He was a Yankees fan and a Cowboys fan. Could you could you pick more front-running teams? Of course he's going to want to go to the best team. That's his makeup. That's what he's uh, known for. Well, you were uh, – I think we, we, we're in the radio business, right? I don't know if we can call it yes. quite a business, but we're in the radio business. Big news in the radio business, big news in the broadcasting world is, of course, Dr. Laura dropping her N-bombs. Logan, do you know who Dr. Laura is? We were talking... I have no idea who she is, and I have not heard this story. <laughs> I should have I shouldn't have edited this clip out because in the intro to uh, Larry King, she's on Larry King apologizing for using the N word on her show. But the intro to Larry King bringing her on, he goes, "Dr. Laura is a syndicated talk radio host, a New York Times bestseller. I mean, if I'm explaining this to you, you must have been living in a cave for the past thirty years." <laughs> Oh, God, Logan. That's you, Logan. It's all right. Well, here you go. Here's not a- as much on the talk radio scene as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> really winning over more fans. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but I'm not I'm not that into talk radio. No, I mean, I'm just here because whatever. Yeah. I'm just hanging out. The, I get a free <laughs> bottle of water. I'm not really that into this. I do come um, for the water. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for those of you coming for the content, here's Dr. Laura. They're, they're going to play her little clip of her dropping uh, the N-bomb. Of course it wasn't used in in a in a context of, like, Dr. Laura, the mics heat up. So, hey, I'll, you know what the problem in our country is? These goddamn N-words. No, it's, it's I don't know. I'll, I'll set it up a little bit more. But here's here's the actual audio, and then it rolls into her apology interview with Larry King. How about the N-word? So the N-word's been thrown God, around. Black. Okay, this is uh, a, a black woman who's married to a white guy. She had a problem with the white guy's relatives kind of using uh, inappropriate racial terms or whatever around her. So she calls up Dr. Laura to ask for advice, which, first off, that's a that's a bad sign right there. <laughs> if you need Dr. Laura, this woman who, um, by a lot of accounts, not great uh, ethically as a person, 
If you need her moral judgment, if you don't have some sort of basic conscience or soul or ability, oh, okay, hey, should I stab my wife, Dr. Lore? I don't know. you got to think of the negative consequences. If you don't know <laughs> the difference between right or wrong and you're, and you're a grown person. Or if you're asking Tom Likas how to get laid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're really looking up to these people for advice on basic morality, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But here we go. Guys use it all the time. Turn on HBO, listen to a black comic, and all you hear is, is I don't get it. If anybody, if anybody without enough melanin says it, it's a horrible thing. But when black people say it, it's affectionate. It's that. very confusing. Okay, first off, Dr. Oh. Lord, how is this confusing? How is confusing? She said very confusing. First off, obviously, obviously that word is is very offensive, and but I think almost. Not to not to rate the offensiveness, but just the way she says black people, you hear black oh, comment. Yeah. You know that's like she was angry about that's, it. That's what I feel the racism is in, and just that you can sense yeah. that hostility in that oh, tone. The racism trend, you're just hearing the whistle. That, <laughs> yeah, it right. ain't even passed yet. You gotta play the <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard people make that argument just out of naivete, but yeah. But this is just such. There. First off, as a as I'm, a talk. She's older enough to know like why that's bad. As a talk radio host, I'm offended that this that this point she's trying to make like, oh, I'm I'm Letty Bruce and I'm I'm trailblazing. <laughs> Look at that. Can I can I say that? Ooh, I'm so edgy. You're not edgy. And I'm tired. I'm embarrassed for white people when white people go, oh, I don't know why I can't say. It. You don't know why you can't say it. Like, all right, maybe you didn't own slaves, or maybe your grandfather didn't own slaves, but obviously a history of of slave ownership, and, um, you know. Let's just put it in terms that white people can understand, okay? Let's say you're chilling out in a business meeting, and you guys are all eating jelly beans. Right. And a black guy comes into your all-white meeting and just picks up all the jelly beans and starts throwing the jelly beans at you and starts calling you jelly bean. The whole time, and he does that for 400 years. Yeah. Imagine the uh, the connotation jelly bean would have. For right. You. It has a negative <laughs> constant. But they, okay, you don't understand why they might be self-conscious or or find offense to that word. You're really you're you're, and especially as a quote-unquote successful person that's been on talk radio, that's talked to plenty of people, you have no idea why that. What kind of reparations did white America give black people? That. Okay, the one is we're not going to say oh. that word in public, and you have a problem with that. That wasn't a that, was our lo- that wasn't a sweet enough deal for us and as I white people. I love place. the caveat of in public because literally that's all black people ask. That is really right? all black people ask. People think that black people are so sensitive. We don't give a damn what you do in your domiciles. We do not care. En masse, we don't care. Right. We're not the thought police that that the that the that the super right has tried to make us out to be. We are not the thought police. No. Think it, what you you want and say what you want in your own home but don't test me <laughs> right. don't test me don't right. get in my face and say that to me and make me have to do uh, anything stupid anything to, that would demean me and you it's, it's just a social contract that we've entered into right and i mean know. ed's a black guy and if i'm speaking out of turn obviously i don't know you know i'm coming from the other side and and if i'm, I'm way off on this Say, say something, but I I mean, I, I don't think it's that much of a, a concession to make, like, oh my god, my, my First Amendment rights are being held back because I can't say the N-word on my talk radio show. Well, that that's the thing that's really interesting about it to me, that Sarah Palin has, has thrown in her lot right. to say that it's a First, uh, that it's a first right. Amendment this is a, issue. Yeah, we got a lot going yeah, here. It's pretty Sarah scary. Palin chimed in, of course. This chick knows how to, she just throws herself into controversy. It's, it's pretty amazing. 
First off, she wrote on Twitter, Sarah Palin, about this. Quote, Dr. Laura, don't retreat. Reload! Exclamation point. <laughs> oh, sh- I actually wow. read th- that and didn't know who she was talking about. Reload! Cock today. your... Get your uh, N-word shotgun and pump that, sweetheart. <laughs> this is America. Yeah. Really? Is that... W- are you going to commend this person and call them a freedom fighter? These, these right-wing people or people like Sarah Palin. Oh, my God. We love the troops. They're fighting for our freedom. And Dr. Dr. Laura is not a freedom fighter. She's not <laughs> fighting for any constitutional right or amendment. Well, are uh, you kidding me? Dr. Laura is the Taliban of ideology yeah. you know what i mean she, she really is she, she's definitely the the rights like the, the the right does use like almost uh terroristic uh uh verbal you know uh warfare i.e uh when when rush limbaugh comes out and says i don't i, I understand why a bunch of people could think that obama's a muslim <laughs> they act like putting that meme out there isn't isn't something real it's almost you know what i mean yeah yeah okay and then she has a parenthesis steps aside because her First Amendment rights ceased to exist thanks to activists trying trying to silence? Isn't America not fair? First off, that's just horrific grammar. <laughs> even you, for tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Later she added, Dr. Laura equals even more powerful and effective without the shackles. Oh my god. That, like, that bitch sounds like Ron Artest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, she's she's a Ron Artest in the sense that you have no idea what she's thinking, and she's entertaining in a sense. You always get a reaction from her. I think uh, Ron Artest is much more harmful. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see Sarah Palin put out a rap song about Michael Jackson. But So watch out her constitutional obstructionist and be thankful for her voice, America. No, we're not going to be thankful for that voice. Throwing your lot in with somebody like that, that just proves uh, – honestly uh, – She's one of the leading candidates for Republican, whatever, for president, right? For the, you know, I really so hope it, that's not the it, case. But no, she is. I mean, in just popul- because, in well, and I think style, a lot yeah. of that is right now they they do these polls and whatever, and it's name recognition. So I think she's on top of it. But I think the I think the gen I can't imagine the Republican National Committee is that naive that they don't think that this woman would just get shredded to pieces. And how savvy our media is, I don't think she could hold up in a presidential election. And at least I hope not. And I, I'm I'm more moderate. Like I'm I'm more towards the left. I I considered voting for John McCain, but as soon as he selected Sarah Palin, I was like, I'm like, this is a this is awful judgment. Yeah. Well, like you're yeah. supposed to be present yourself as a war hero, super experienced against the soft money political contributions like okay you know pro business okay i'm kind of i'm kind of seeing eye to eye with some of this stuff yeah. and then you you nominate sarah palin for second in command that just the, it just shows an insane lack of judgment why would it's anyone it's vote like, for it's like you're it's like you're a smart 10 year old kid and you're like 78 year old dad brings home a trophy wife and says oh this broad will take care of you when i kick you know the country was like hell no no right. she won't you know, so I think that's why we rejected. I think she got him messed up, but I do think that uh, the type of people who voted for McCain do like her, man. They, they <laughs> well, like her a lot. Hopefully, hopefully there's a uh, there's at least some smart people in the Republican National Convention that'll weed out uh, Sarah Palin. But here's some, here's some more of uh, <laughs> Dr. Laura's concessions. Well, I think we're still wrapping up some of her call, and then this is her getting on Larry King. And first off, as a talk radio show host, all I got to do is say the N-word a couple times, and I get on Larry King. I, I, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> Dr. Always good seeing you. Thank you. Before we get to the announcement, the one thing you said that was interesting, you said that on HBO, black comics use the N-word. Rap music. 
But, but <laughs> like she's so she angry about it. She's like, music. Yeah. Like, Thank you, Larry. Thank also. you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yes, finally someone sees my point. Yeah. Is oh. Dr. Laura list bumping all this rap? And she's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, it's just so part of my vernacular to use the N-word. It just came up on air. <laughs> what is, by the way, is she listening to hip-hop and just getting angrier and angrier because they're saying the N-word? That doesn't no. make any sense. You're white. Logan, she what? likes – she. Call her old-fashioned, but she liked her <laughs> hip-hop without the N-word, without this, <laughs> ang- without the angry black people. She liked it. Where have you – rap has always been, always included a lot of black rage, and yeah, they they've never, used they that word. They almost never say racist things against white people, by the way, if you really think about it in hip-hop. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's more just about being Unfortunately. pissed off. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just had a revelation about that. There you go, Logan. Comics <laughs> and kid Jews. Hispanic comics, George Lopez kids Hispanics all the time. <laughs> gay comics, kid the gay situation. <laughs> the gay situation. Uh, it's just now so Larry funny. King's in trouble. Now, Larry, it's just so oh, funny. Larry worse. King just wanting to finish out the couple months on his show before uh, Ryan Seacrest or whoever takes over his show. And he's, but he's just trying to be politically Dude, you correct. Know, you know what? He's like that old detective that gets the big case dropped on his lap right before he retires. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, no. Two days before retirement. <laughs> Why couldn't I just tell stories about Sandy Colfax? It's okay, isn't it? But not okay when the non-N person. This is just so fun, them treading around this and just trying to be so politically not, correct. But see, that's the thing. I, I hate the. I honestly, I didn't know that there was a word that I hated more than N-word. Uh, the N-word and also N-word. But in person takes the cake because basically what you if you think about it it's saying that your basic black person is an n word. They're associating the word person. person, Right? Yeah. Just yeah. The way he said that was yeah. Like there's no other way for a black person to be. There's no other way for a black person to be other than (laughs) right. Yeah. Okay. Just the way he set that up, it was like oh okay. Jewish people can joke about Jews. Gay people can joke about gays. N words can joke about like. Well, so if, if you notice, if you notice he in... got farther and farther from what he recognizes as a person. Right. If you think about You're it, he, he, started out with, he started out with Jews, and then when he got to gays, he could they weren't even people anymore. It was yeah, a situation, situation, like a calamity, the gay calamity. You know, what are we <laughs> doing about this gay situation in the Middle East? Uh, you know? no. And then black people, it was like, yeah, and I guess person is is person. Gay comics, kid the gay situation. It's okay, isn't it? But not okay when the non-N person uses it. Well, I was trying to make a point to help her about what I felt, because that, about her hypersensitivity. Okay. Uh, okay. That is messed up. She calls you for help because her family is using the N word around and that's, her. Yes, that's your compassion face. you have. And that's the oh thing. Interracial couples have existed since the beginning of time, and everybody's white parents don't like it, and they go. Well, not everybody, but a good portion of them, they don't like it, and they go and they go in the privacy of their own homes, and they say their words, <laughs> and they get it out. They say, "Damn, this N word's coming over here, and we got to cook." Like, oh, they don't like our macaroni and cheese. Not enough. Sodium, da, 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 and they and they say all these things, and they have it in the privacy of their home. They don't bring it out and and do this. This is this is the problem. But you know, when you say the N word in front of your so-called in-laws, that does cross the line. You know, right? Exactly. I mean, in-laws have enough trouble getting along. I mean, it is kind of weird. I imagine once you get married, to have this other like 
mom and dad kind mm-hmm. of in your life, mm-hmm. maybe throw, especially if the mom or the dad's really controlling, and then you throw in them being racially insensitive. Exactly. I, I don't think that's her being hypersensitive. That's her saying, hey, I love my husband. His parents are probably kind of assholes. Or also, yeah, they're insensitive. They're from another generation, or they could just be total shitheads or a combination. Yeah. And she's calling up and saying, Dr. Laura, how do I kind of breach this subject? I, I love – but you know what I love? The whole thing – you know what's weird that this that sparked this debate? A white guy who was brave enough to marry a black guy <laughs> and bring her home – Black and girl. not uh, yeah, a black girl. No, yeah, that sorry. would be yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be nuts. Get Tyrone the fuck out of here. No, but, that, but that no, would but, really uh, make the dad upset. The, the white guy is brave enough to marry a black woman and bring her to his cracker ass. And family. he knows they don't like. I mean, and he knows it's they don't not like, like he didn't hear those uh, hear that yeah. kind of attitude before he married exactly. her. Exactly. So he has the bravery to go breach that social barrier, but he doesn't have the bravery to stand there with her and defend her against his family. Yeah, it's like it's like is that the is that the degrees that white people have gotten better? Well, Doctor Lure is not going to help her. Either. And obviously, <laughs> obviously, we don't know this woman's situation. We don't know the husband. We don't know what he said or tried to say or whatever. Yeah. We're just we're just pointing out that. Well, doctor. she's been driven to Doctor Lure, <laughs> right? Help, so he so obviously, <laughs> yeah, we're we're kind of under the implication that the man was not doing his best at home. <laughs> In general, in America, our hypersensitivity about race instead of us feeling more like. E pluribus unum, and I made. <laughs> oh, she dropped in some Latin. She's very educated. And she dropped in some Latin about money. <laughs> it poorly, and so I upset some people. I offended some people. I hurt some people, and uh, within 15 minutes, which is what I had to do, finish the hour, I took myself off my show for the rest of the day because I was so upset because I really. She's one of the real heroes. Realized I had blown it. I, I didn't help her by you know making that point. And um, you know that about eight o'clock that night I had. That, that's the. That's well, she the, just made the point before she started saying this a semi-apologetic sentence. <laughs> that's the most annoying part is that she's trying to make this really cliche point that oh hey we're all the same why should we even care about race or why is that even an? It? That's not a point. That, that, that's a, that's a, an ideal that we try to work to. That's not that's not a point. Just saying hey. Uh, what's up with gender? We're all the same. Get over it. That's not that's not advice. Well, it, it, that's not a point. And, and the thing the thing is, I mean, there is such a sen- such a sense of uh, just common decency in regards to sensitivity. You wouldn't call uh, a day school a concentration camp, right? You know, just it's just a word. You know what I mean? You know what? That, I can't say joke. concentration camp to yeah. describe an area where kids are going to concentrate in a camp-like environment. Yeah. Oh, why? What? They're just words, Ed. What's yeah. your problem, man? And, and you you should. Why are you being so sensitive about words, <laughs> yeah. man? We what? Should. What? We because should. of the I don't have melanin in my skin, or I don't have curly Jewish hair. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't say. I can't say stuff like that. Well, maybe if you put a yarmulke on, you could say these things. But until hey, you put a yarmulke hey, on, you're just hypersensitive, man. You're just. <laughs> we just need more e pluribus unum, guys. <laughs> Oh, sent an apology that I was going to do in the morning on my show to LARadio.com. So it wasn't until 48 hours later that there was a media brouhaha about it, and I had already, <laughs> I'd already policed myself and uh, apologized. Oh, wow. oh, oh wow. man. All right, that's if a, she could police herself, we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> police myself. I just love. And I love the first thing she said was the first. I talked to my best friend, who's a large black gentleman. 
<laughs> and yeah. I was, she slipped that in there in one of her interviews. Yeah. She was like, the first person I talked to after that was my big black gentleman. And I remember one time I said I wanted to play basketball. And you can play basketball because you can jump. And that was funny. Why isn't this funny? I'm like, bitch, do you not understand comedy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that's kind of a rhetorical question. <laughs> Doctor Laura does not understand comedy. She, yeah, I mean, she's talking about well, black comedians can use it on BET. I don't know. Look, if you could, if you're as funny and as sharp and can make the social points that Chris Rock can make, maybe you could get away with it. Still, I don't, I don't think you could, Doctor Laura. But try and be that funny, and then maybe we'll reevaluate. Like Louis C.K. is the apex of white humor slash saying the N word and making it work he's the apex of dr laura is way, way below <laughs> yeah. That. yeah i mean i i think there's yeah <laughs> i don't know agreed i mean it's just i yeah just the overall statement that she's confused she doesn't know why well dude that that direct obtuseness about this if I may be intellectual for a moment. Sure. No, but that 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 sort of like some people, some white people's obtuseness about that. I don't get it. Why can't I say it? Every time I hear that, and then I, and I'll see a white person say the n word in front of a black person, I swear I see the sneer. I swear I can see the sneer in it, and it's it's never a pure. It's I just a, want to say words. It's, it's a, never that. Well, because as white people, or especially our generation, you grew up knowing that this was a no-no word this was Mm -hmm. that's in your brain that doesn't accidentally slip out so for you to kind of go out of your way to use it or go out of your way to make a point of of it then it shows some obviously it shows that you you know some uh pejorative demeaning aspect to it Mm -hmm. And, And, and and that pejorative demeaning aspect of it is part of your character and right. you're displaying that if you choose to. So it's like it's funny how many people clamor to say it and think that it's a major denial of freedom. And to what say does it. and that's yeah, okay, sit in your room and say it. Does that is it really? I think yeah, and that I, that's not enough. That's the point. That's the point. It's not enough. Black people have said <laughs> yeah, it's okay for you to sit in your damn house and say it. <laughs> say it when you're singing our rap tunes. Right. Say when you're in your car you and you're, uh, you know, you but, got the DMX pumped up. But go, no, you go. gotta push Let the it go. envelope. You gotta go down to Cabrini Green and say it. And you gotta go. So you gotta do this. And that's the thing. You won't do that. You won't say it in Compton. You won't say it in Cabrini Green. You won't say it in Detroit. <laughs> I don't even know where Cabrini Green is, but, so I'm not definitely in Chicago. saying it. There. But I'm just saying they won't say it those places, but they will say it in front of their cool black friend who they know won't punch them in the face. Right. And that's another egregious crime, you know. So it's like whatever. yeah, and it's it's part of it probably besides the racial aspect. Part of it is probably this taboo thing or whatever. But yeah, like I'm saying, a lot of it is a taboo. I, I think I think it's a fair concession. For what, um, you know, not, not that I'm speaking for the black man's struggle, but for what black people have gone through in this country, I think it's a fair concession to just go, hey, I won't use the N-word in public. All right. That's a, that's that's something very that's easy to so do. so fair. I had a lady. I, I run, <laughs> it's I, like, and then you're angry that you can't. It, it's just crazy. But By the way, is she broadcast on terrestrial radio? Too? So isn't yeah. that an FCC fine and all that? No, well? the FCC is uh, like sexually explicit stuff, stuff like that. I don't think she could. I don't think you can get fined for um, saying that word. I think you could get in trouble if it was deemed uh, hate speech mm-hmm. or trying to incite hate. I, I don't think she would get fined by the FCC in this case. Uh, Howard Stern talking about uh, chicks having oral. That you know, that's a five hundred thousand dollar fine. An act of love. But uh, this this lady <laughs> dropping the N word. Alright, well I, I think maybe uh maybe we'll go a little lighthearted here. This guy 
Well, it's just funny. I don't know how else to describe it. It's um, founded on YouTube. The name of the clip is Crazy Asian Karaoke. It's a man. Um, I can't think of the name of the song, but it's that it's that uh, country song where she's uh, <clears throat> man. Sorry, uh, where she's explaining uh, before he cheats. Have you heard that song? Like right now, he's probably doing this. Blah blah blah. You know. Have you heard the song? I no. Okay. Well. It's it's still funny. You don't have you don't have <laughs> to heard it. you don't have to know the song to enjoy this man rocking out karaoke. You've this heard this jam, but you haven't heard it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Right now he's probably slow dancers. Deep beach vibe time. Gonna get frisky. <laughs> right now he's probably buying his little drink, little fruity drink. I mean, it's really funny, A, because he's not nailing the words at all, but it's also funny because it's this old Asian guy, and it's sung from, like, the point of view of a 20-year-old country western singer who's mad that her, her man is going out cheating on her, and and she's going to get revenge by keying up his car. And... Is, is he, he busting some freestyles in oh, here? Oh, dude, think about yeah. the fruity drinks and stuff. <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> Right now he's probably up behind her with a full six. Now he's using a combo. Oh, uh. <laughs> he don't know it. <laughs> about carving his name into his leather seat of this uh, guy's pickup truck. For, for a transcript of this, go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one could possibly do that. Oh, man. Priceless. All right. Well, let's see. We got a couple uh, quick clips to get here before uh, Stud Manley's going to be calling in in a few minutes for his world-famous wacky wild movie review. So I want to get to a couple things real quick. Jimmy Johnson, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, my arch enemy. <laughs> and he was on the Dan Patrick show, and he was talking – he actually did Celebrity Survivor oh. for some reason. And uh, first off, I was I was a, a complete idiot. I thought he actually did the real Survivor. And I was like, wait, why would Jimmy Johnson – I guess he did Celebrity Survivor, which he still doesn't need to do that. But anyway, <laughs> he, was talking, he was talking about other job offers he's gotten since he retired from football and went into broadcasting. I've had offers to run the draft. Uh, for teams, and I said, "Listen, I I can't do that on a part-time basis. If my name's on it, I got to do it full time. And and there's no way that I'm going to leave the Florida Keys to do something full time. So, uh, making a difference, what role it is. I got, I got plenty of money. I don't I don't need anything. I just do things because it's fun. That's why I did Survivor. You know, I do what I want to do, not anything that I have to do. Okay, so that's the setup there." He he's he's got his money, he's got his success. He doesn't need to do he did Survivor, it's fun. Even that seems a little bizarre to me, but okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, why doesn't he do the T V broadcasting? Easy gig, once a week, nice check. Okay, fine, that makes sense. Like you said, doesn't need money, blah blah blah. But now, if that's true, if that's true and it, it seems to be true, then why the hell is Jimmy Johnson doing this? I'm Jimmy Johnson and I recently became the spokesperson for Extends, <laughs> the number one male enhancement tablet. <laughs> Even though I'm the winner of four collegiate and professional football championships and have a sports casting career, I've been surprised at the one big question guys ask me these days. What is it, Jimmy? Does Extends really work? <laughs> Can you believe it? So here's my answer. It works for me, and since Extends is... <laughs> he wouldn't even go with yes. <laughs> ...told over a billion tablets to men, I'm thinking it works for them, too. 
Most men want to perform the best they can in just about everything. <laughs> Isn't that why we buy the biggest and best of everything? So if you want that maximum performance edge every day, I say go long with Extends. Oh, if you call now, we'll send you a week. Oh, this is this is my favorite part. I love giving Jimmy Johnson shit about this, but this is my favorite part, the super creepy voiceover at the end of the commercial. Supply of extends absolutely free. All you pay for is the postage stamp, and we'll also send you an invitation to have dinner with Jimmy Johnson at an upcoming <laughs> extends dinner event. Dinner with Jimmy and a free- oh, man, I... I- I don't know. I, I feel like I gotta pull every connection I have, every card I have, every card I can play in show business to somehow get to that Jimmy Johnson <laughs> extends dinner event. Well, and I, just to see the kind of guys that that yeah, are there hanging out. Oh, I man. think you'd have to prove that you had a small penis, <laughs> or that I can't you had a, or, or that you had some sort of uh, you know. Uh, obsession with your penis, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's like a psychological profile they have to do. Is like, are you obsessed with your penis? And on a rate of one to five, you know, you have to pass the psychological makeup test to even get past the door. You know what I mean? Can I you just imagine? Okay, so this special dinner event. Obviously, there's going to be no women there. I, well, I don't know. I guess maybe these guys are pleasing so many women that they bring ton of, tons of chicks to these extends dinner event. No. Chicks are there to go capture uh, insecure rich guys. Man. That would be hunting. There's going to have so many hoes there, man. Insecure rich guys? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, man. man. Priceless. All and right. sweepstakes winners. Well, here we go. We got uh, Stud Manly on the line, and uh, he's calling in. He's going to do some movie reviews. Stud. Hey, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing just so wonderful. <laughs> All right, Who'd man. You there? Who well, you got there with you tonight? I got uh, Logan, of course, um, my main oh, man. Hi, Logan. And What's I up? got uh, Ed Greer. You know Ed, right? Oh, Ed Greer. I remember I met uh, Ed Greer at three clubs and at the Comedy Garage. He's wonderful. I love his act. <laughs> All right, Stud. Stud, well, uh, thanks for calling in. What uh, what movies have you seen lately? I heard you saw The Kids Are All Right. What did you think of that? Well, I, well, Sean, honestly, I actually didn't see the movie. Uh, <laughs> well, you can still review it, though. I'm sorry? You can still review it, right? I can still review it. Uh, <laughs> now, this is a movie that's been out for a while. It's, you know, it's already getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Now, what this movie is about is a comedy, okay, and I accentuate the word comedy is a comedy about lesbians uh adopting babies oh, okay. and you're in you're in the comedy world you and right. ed Greer, you know all, all your comic uh, female lesbian friends they're all adopting babies we all know that <laughs> yes Fine, exactly. anything's the matter with that but what's fun but they're making this movie a comedy tell me what's funny about this scenario <laughs> if a lesbian mother with adopted children, she leaves her kids, you know, and you know it's 100 degrees outside, 120, and she leaves her kids in the car, and she says, "Okay, children, I'm going to go get you some ice cream," uh-huh. and then she comes back 30 minutes later, yeah, and she doesn't have any ice cream, <laughs> but she has vagina juice all over oh, her face. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, I don't know if that's a great message for the kids, and yeah, that's got to be confusing, you know. We talk about what it's like to be raising a gay household, but I imagine when you're faced with that reality, that's that's got to be kind of harsh. Is that now, what it's now, like? Now, Stud, you you see a lot of movies. Do you, you ever think of uh, making your own kind of movie? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, me and you have been talking about making a movie for a long time. Yep, it's been uh, in development for a while. something of an idea here, uh, something that I think we can really, I think we can really make this work. This is a movie... Uh, 
about something that you love and something I love. The Philadelphia Eagles, you're a big Philadelphia Eagle fan, correct? Yeah, diehard. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I love Jimmy Johnson. He's the coach of the, uh, used to be a coach <laughs> of the Dallas Cowboys, okay? So what I thought, we could make this movie together, and it'd be, we could make it a thriller or a drama or a comedy or musical, whatever we want. But the, per, the you know, the, but the movie's about basically it starts off, you know, Jimmy Johnson, he's at home and he's going to take a shower, but his okay. shower breaks down, okay? All right. So he drives, he drives over, you know, to the Philadelphia Eagle training camp, you know, to take a shower over there. Oh, why is he know, doing that? <laughs> And then the Eagles, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they say, hey, Jimmy Johnson, you know, you get out of here. We don't want you over here. You know, we don't like you. But then he takes his clothes off, and they see his big giant ding-dong, you know, and then it starts, you know, arousing all these emotions and the Philadelphia Eagles they didn't know they had, you know, and they're all lathery, and they start kissing on each other, you know, and then ultimately, you know, it draws them closer together, and then they win the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? Well, I, don't know, I don't know, Stud. I, I'm kind of torn, but if that's what it takes to win a Super Bowl, then I, I guess that's what it takes, man. So yeah, and you could you know play Ed Greer. He could be Donovan McNabb, <laughs> like that. You know, he could be in that movie. Logan could be like you know, Kevin Cobb, you know. <laughs> yeah, Logan. Effect. Logan looks like a Kevin Cobb or maybe a young Andy Reid. Now, okay, good. Now, uh, have you seen any uh, any any movies for the ladies? I know uh, that Julia Roberts film. A lot of people are talking about. Okay, okay, you're talking about Eat, Pray, Love. Okay, well, I'm not, I mean, of course, you know, I'm not going to see this movie. <laughs> okay. You know, and it, it's obviously a chick flick. It's from some book, you know, that you know, women read. I think Oprah liked it or something. Now, the problem with this book is it's only for females. You know, it's all full of estrogen, you know, and it's Julie Roberts is in it because no man wants to see that. No, no man is masturbated to Julie Roberts probably since Aaron Brockovich, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I she's all she's old, and I think you know, that was she's kind of strange time. looking now, like her brother. Yeah. But what the movie's about is what's really strange to me is it's about you know she wants to stop having sex for a year or something like that so she can become like wise and all knowing. Mm -hmm. Now I was at McDonald's you know today you know I was just driving by and I saw this you know kid there this teenage kid you know he's all ugly and pimply you know and he had a stupid haircut you know and, you know he's not getting laid yeah. But I'm not going to go to him, you know, for, you know, the meaning of life. Or <laughs> no, like no, that. no. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think the pimply McDonald's employee, he he doesn't get the secret. Yeah, I, I agree. Julia Roberts, come on. Yeah, that, that makes no sense. That doesn't make you wise. I'll tell you what makes you wise, this uh, number one movie that's been blown up at the box office. What do you think <laughs> of this uh, movie, The Expendables? Now, the expendable Sean, now me and you, you know, we're, you know, we're ladies' men, but at the same time, we're just full of testosterone, remember? Yep, story of my you life. Know, we, we used to hang out all the time. <laughs> and this movie is full of just these, you know, macho guys with these big muscles and everything. And that's fine and wonderful, but I think they dropped, you know, they're not going to make as much money, you know, because there's. Women only the only women that want to see this movie is maybe like women in the military or you know promiscuous women or something like that. <laughs> that that's what they said they were tracking well with military women and horse. Is that is that correct? I, yeah, I know exactly. it. I, I didn't even research that, but that's that's what I expected. What they what they should have done if they would have been really smart. How much did this movie make last week weekend? Uh, it was like you over know? thirty million dollars. Oh, well, that's pretty impressive. It's going to drop off, though, because what you want to do with a movie like this is you want to get some women in there, 
okay? And the way you do that, if you get all these macho guys in this movie, is what you want to make it about something that women appreciate, like date rape. You know, you're going to have these guys, you know, beating up like date rapers, you know, like Ben oh, okay. Roethlisberger oh, or okay. something like that. So, yeah, like Lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, p- perfect analogy, Logan. All right, or, or actually, you know, like can even like, you know, a little comedy relief, you know, you can have Mel Gibson in there, you know, like <laughs> yeah. in a hot tub, you know, and he's saying, hey, I deserve to be blown. And then, you know, like Jet Li or, sir, you know, uh, the other guy's name and Jason says, hey, you better stop, you know, saying that, Mel Gibson, and we're going to beat you up, okay? <laughs> oh, he's so funny. All right. Well, Stud, hey, we're wrapping up here. What's, uh, okay. real quick, what's your take on The Last Exorcism? Well, who are these people that made this movie to think, uh, you know, that this is the last exorcism when you know that, you know, probably next week Lady Gaga is going to be getting exercise with just <laughs> Bieber or something like that. I mean, seriously. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much. All right. Much. Thank you, Stud. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Dad. The wacky wild Stud Manly. That guy. Always good genius. times with Stud. All right, man. Well, uh, let's see. We're wrapping it up here. Um, Ed, where can uh, where can people check you out? Where can they get more Ed Greer? Uh, they can go to supportdestruction.com, and that has my uh, you know my whereabouts and whatnot. I tweet a little bit at Ed Greer destroys, and uh, I have a Facebook Ed Greer and a bunch of numbers after it. Just put Facebook. Yeah, just Google Ed Greer. You'll <laughs> yeah. be on the right path. Yeah, Ed Greer, uh, L.A. All right, Logan, you want to wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. Akron, Ohio. Jimmy Johnson loves extends. Dr. Laura, fag. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go, Logan. And a... uh Special treat to uh, take us out instead of our normal music outro. Ed uh, does a little, uh, he likes to do, mix in a couple songs in his uh, comedy act. So this is, uh, Ed, you want anything to uh, set this up? Uh, this is basically the song that I do to tell black people, I mean, excuse me, to tell white people the exact, <laughs> the exact sort of black person I am, you know, but I'm using a white uh, mode of uh, transport, i.e. ACDC. There you go. Ah. <laughs> I'm actually black Bought a weed sack Two blunts, I'm power packed I got cash and this deck I hit fat white girl from the back Because of no lies Cat's eyes I'm on the corner with a brother shooting dice Yeah, that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well thanks a lot Ed And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in Make sure you tune in next week we have uh, author Todd Levin. Oh, sorry, Todd Levin coming in. He's a uh, former writer for Conan O'Brien. He was there when everything went down, and he's also going to be promoting his uh, new book um, called "Sex: Our Bodies Are Junk." It's a uh, you know, it's a uh, comedy book there. So I think you guys will enjoy that. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in the green room. We do it live here every Thursday, eight o'clock, latalkradio.com.
Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com. Click the iTunes link to subscribe today. And check me out at DocumentaryLabel.com. <laughs>